This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on at Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Four weeks away from possible real live football. We on got a schedule. The field. There's a schedule. It's a real one. And it's spectacular. Uh, another game, uh, another Big Ten opponent added to Nebraska's schedule that wasn't there before. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of news, which is kind of the norm for this time of year uh, in in our uh, in our lives right now with the pandemic. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That's Caleb Henry. Kenny Larrabee is along for the ride as well, pushing all the buttons for your Facebook Live video. If you have not uh, enjoyed our bright, shiny faces on the computer or on your phone or on your tablet, why don't you go head over to the KLIN, uh, at KLIN Huskers Facebook page. Uh, otherwise, you can just listen to us on the radio, too. We, we don't mind that. Uh, should also note, as we start things off, just a couple hours ago on Friendly Fire, I was on with Stu Kearns. Oh, um, we had true. some we had some issues with kind of the, the first couple segments, but if you want to hear the entirety of the uh, about 40, 45 minutes, it's up at KLIN.com. Very good. Um, there's uh, there's some issues with the the scheduling uh, makers, which which not just for Big Ten, um, but and I'll, I'll address whether this is a deal or not. But uh, when you have uh, a situation in the in the Pac-12 where one school drops Notre Dame and Alabama off their schedule mm-hmm. in USC, uh, and then another school. In a in a cruel twist of fate for a program that just I don't know they they probably can't have enough cruel twists of fate in my mind but Missouri adding Alabama and LSU oh darn. to their schedule oh no <laughs> they have the fifth down play and of the kick six miracle in Missouri couldn't happen to a better program um, oh darn good job kitties a lot of a lot of schedule news we will get to all of it we're gonna break down what Caleb and I think. Um, but I want to I want to start off with the the changing landscape of Nebraska's opponents mm-hmm. because not only do you have you know one game was at home and now it's on the road now you have one game that was on the on the road now it's at home you pick up that tenth game in the Big Ten as well mm-hmm. we'll get to all of that but if you missed who in the Big Ten opted out of the season <laughs> yeah uh, we we are we are going to catch you up real quick so on Tuesday. Nebraska opponent Minnesota mm-hmm. lost their leading receiver, one of the top receivers in the country, and uh, Big Ten receiver of the year last year, potential first round pick Rashad Bateman, Bolitnikov uh, preseason, yep, watch list season of course, yeah, Rashad Bateman he gone, he is declaring for the NFL draft early, he would have anyway at the end of this year, um, and uh, he's just he's not playing his uh, his uh, next season here in 2020, he's out. And Nebraska won't play against him this season. Preseason, uh, Big Ten with Cleveland.com. Yeah, top three offensive player of the year. So here's there's one. Um, I would imagine this guy was on the preseason defensive three top three players. Uh, Micah Parsons. You mean the guy who was unanimous number one? <laughs> yeah, he he may have been. Micah Parsons, the uh, do everything defensive end, outside linebacker from Penn State. Uh, once upon a time was. Here for a Friday Night Lights camp in in summer of 2017, uh, he is declaring early as well. Uh, Nebraska plays both Minnesota and Penn State in Lincoln in October this season, uh, and neither one of those guys are going to be uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage against Nebraska. Then on Thursday, Rondale Moore, also top three preseason offensive player in the league, who not single handedly defeated Ohio State, but it seemed like it. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. his freshman year, uh, he is he is out as well. He's opting out of his junior season, declaring early for the NFL draft. Uh, and then uh, Michigan State, they lost two players, including uh, their starting right tackle, Jordan Reed. He's a two-year mm-hmm. starter. Uh, Jacob Panashuk opted out as well. He was a starting defensive end last mm-hmm. season for the Spartans. 
that's the team that Nebraska added to their schedule. Uh, and so Purdue, Michigan State, those are the last two games for the Huskers. Yeah. They're losing players off of that off of that uh, side of the football as well. Those first three guys that we named that are all the preseason hype for all these awards are all projected first rounders in the draft next year too. So yeah. that's you're not just losing all Big Ten type of players. You're you're losing guys that are projected to go make a lot of money next year. Now for Rondale Moore, something that I found almost as impressive as the fact that he's a projected first-rounder, he's on pace to graduate after two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you'll get people that just start to assume, oh, well, it's just a football player. They're there to just see if they can go make money in the NFL. Rondell Moore is going to graduate in two and a half years. That alone is impressive, besides all of the other responsibilities that he has to do. Only played 17 games for the Boilermakers. Now someone that's not on Nebraska's schedule, Maryland, had the opt-outs of two starting offensive linemen and someone who started the majority of their games last year at quarterback. Now, Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother is going to go take over that job anyway, no but deal. but that's still we're, we're looking across the Big Ten. And I said this, I said this yesterday when talking with with Jack and all the guys on LNK Today with Jack and friends. What are we watching the most over this fall camp, which began yesterday? And I said, even though we can't really be there a lot for in person, so what I'm paying most attention to is who does opt out. Does anyone opt out? We'll hear from Coach Scott Frost for the first time this this next Monday at 1.30. That'll be live-streamed on the KLIN Facebook page um, at 1400KLIN. So, and the question's going to come up, has anyone opted out, but just not come out and said something publicly or hasn't gotten leaked? I think that's going to be a big deal. And Jack and I kind of joked, this might be the the year to not have top draft talent uh, across the league because those are going to those look like they're the ones that are that are opting out. Crazy like a fox. Yeah, the Maryland lost three other guys in addition. Oh to those yeah, yeah, three they, yeah. They, they lost more than just the three starters. Yeah. Uh, so, so you have those opt outs that are publicly known now. Uh, not sure if Nebraska's had any or not. But at this point, Nebraska appears fairly. They're standing improved a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. to, to say the least, when you don't have to go against potential first rounders uh, in a season that true may or may not happen. But if it does, that makes the road a little bit easier for the Huskers. Uh, other news this week: you had. UConn mm-hmm. was the first FBS program to opt out of its entire season. They went independent because they decided to leave the AAC and join the Big East in all conferences, except there's no Big East football conference anymore, so they just had to go independent. And so they don't have a football season anymore. Uh, the first FBS school, and so far still the only one, although Colorado State might be trending in that direction for a bunch of reasons. <laughs> you also had the NCAA coming out earlier in the week, and Division Three and Division Two mm-hmm. both shut down fall sports, fall championships, I should say. Um, and and is it, was it championships or or the the sports being played altogether? It's fall championships. championships so yeah. the 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 leagues can play still. And, and we yeah. think about Division Two and Division Three here in the state of Nebraska. First of all, here in Lincoln, that's Nebraska Wesleyan. Yep. Division Three program there. Division Two programs. You've got UNK, Shadron State, and Wayne State. Yeah. Now for UNK, they had already decided within their conference, the MIAA, to split between the fall and the spring, with the idea that the championships were going to be postponed. And there's that big word. What's the difference between postponed and canceled? And the NCAA Division II Council came out and said canceled. So two and three are canceled. Division one set to meet this next week. As we all know, whatever decision they make does not have a direct impact on FBS football, Husker football, and the Big Ten. But that could be Nebraska volleyball, which also began practice this week on Wednesday. They got yeah. they got all of that going in the final four in Omaha. O- Omaha's had a heck of a year for hosting things. That that could be just one more thing that gets kind of blown up this fall. I don't anticipate the cancellation of fall championships this next week. But the way twenty twenty has gone, what can we ante- anticipate? What can we really guess on? Yeah, and then the NCAA may very well kick that can down the road again as they want to do. Um, and, and also, speaking of Omaha, you had the announcement yesterday where OPS, Omaha mm-hmm. Public Schools, 
uh, shut down their fall sporting calendar uh, and decided to go all uh, remote learning um, for the entire district. Uh, we're going to have Nate Klaus, recruiting analyst for Husker Online, join us in our next segment to talk a little bit about that as well as Husker recruiting. Uh, but no OPS. Lincoln, Lincoln Public Schools is still on the same track to do what they've been doing. Um, you were right on the line as to whether or not high schools high schools were going to be all in person uh, or all uh, online uh, with the uh, the the threat dial the risk the risk dial the yeah. risk dial and so so that that stayed where it was so right now that there's no change to Lincoln Public Schools but we might have a change maybe next Friday we'll see um, but at any rate the 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 news from this week both locally and with the NCAA announcements, the Big Ten announcements, uh, we're we're getting down to it. I mean, obviously, we're we're within a month of games starting. There's going to be mm-hmm. a few Big Ten, uh, no Big Ten, Big Twelve games that are played this month. Uh, so so decisions are coming fast and furious, and uh, it, there's not a lot of room to keep kicking that can anymore. No, there's not. And in, in NCAA and SAA executive executive director Jay Beller told me in an email that no, they're not looking at changing the the transfer rule for high school sports that was something that the the board of uh board of directors decided or the NSAA board earlier this week made that decision on and he didn't sound like he wanted to change that um as well as the fact that with class A sports as uh six Lincoln high schools are part of class A sports the NSAA makes the football schedule so it's going to affect every Lincoln Football team, except Lincoln East, their schedule remains 100% intact. Southwest loses four games, including the majority of their district. They will play one game within their district against Papillion La Vista South in September. Whoever wins that wins their district. So there are things that still need to be reworked. All they're going to do is go through and try to fill in the gaps for all of these teams. So not everyone's going to get nine games. That's going to be hard to go through and fill in a lot of those when you lose the seven OPS schools. Yeah, and so, you might have a situation similar to what F, you know, what the Power Five schools uh, are doing with their conferences. Some of them have nine games plus one non-con. Some of them have ten games in conference plus one non-con, and then Big Ten and SEC just going ten flat, mm-hmm. uh, and the Pac-12 too. So, yeah, you you might have a situation where you don't really have the even schedules. Um, of course, the NSAA uh, wild card formula is very transparent and clear and makes a lot of sense anyway. Uh, before, you didn't have different numbers of games being played. And look, uh, I think the main thing to remember when we're looking at all of these schedules for all of these sports, whatever can and can't end up getting played, I think the one rule that all of us should keep in mind for football, volleyball, any of the sports that are played in the fall, if we play... Not just win, if your favorite team, Nebraska, your high school, if we play any of these games, consider it a success. Mm-hmm. Because we may very well get to a point in the last week of August where stuff starts getting canceled or postponed. The Big Ten, we'll talk about the season schedule as, uh, as we go, but that's kind of collapsible where you can still move games back down later in the calendar if you have to, you know, hold up something because somebody on a team or or, or a few people Mm -hmm. got infected. But if you get any of these games done and over with and on uh, the history books, that's a success. Just be happy that the games were played at all at this point, because all of this has been so botched that getting the games on at all will have to be celebrated, frankly. Like that's that's the bottom line. Keep that in mind when you're watching the way the the fall season goes. You and I have have talked that, how are things going to look different for folks in our profession? How are things going to look on game day? And we we also talked with uh, Voice of the Big Red, uh, Greg Sharp, on Thursday, and he said there was the possibility, just like Major League Baseball, they're calling some games, but they're not on site, calling yep. things through a television monitor. Yeah. How are things going to be different this fall across the board, Not not just for the teams or for fans, but also for the coverage that you see from it, um, the things you're used to seeing and hearing? Um, there's going to be some differences, but I I think it's been pretty unanimous from from everyone in our profession, Cole. If there are games played and we've got to watch them on TV, even here in Lincoln, we're going to turn on the television and we're going to be happy the games are being played. Yeah, you're dang right. Like, there's no there's no there's no way around it. Like, you know what? We should we should also plug. We're also going to be li- yeah. we're going to sync that up and listen with KLIN. 
Yes, absolutely. As, of course. Why not? KLI and Lincoln's home for Husker football, Lincoln's, basketball, and baseball. Lincoln's Husker Radio. Uh, Lincoln's Husker Radio is going to have Husker <laughs> Online's Nate Klaus. Uh, when we come back, a lot of news to get to. Uh, we're going to reset where recruiting stands about a month before the season. Uh, and, and the OPS decision, how will that affect what Nebraska's football staff wants to do from a recruiting standpoint with any of the kids uh, in OPS? That is coming up and a schedule picks segment. Caleb and I will tell you what to expect from Nebraska's new 10-game schedule. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Four weeks away from what we hope will be a long and prosperous 2020 college football season. Everybody is uh, crossing their fingers, their toes, their legs, their arms. Let's go to New Jersey. Eyes. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> That's a very that's a very uh, a very in destination right now for uh, for any reason, let alone playing college football. I'm sure that's what Maryland is saying about Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, and uh, with us to to help break down that and more, uh, as we uh, had Big Ten schedules released, we have some uh, local news here in the state. Uh, Husker online recruiting analyst Nate Klaus joins us here on KLI and Husker Hour. Nate, how are you doing this morning? Good. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. We are uh, we're looking at a real schedule. We got we got a uh, fall camp underway. Like things starting to feel a little bit normal, and hopefully they stay that way. Um, yeah, I, it, it's been nice not having to completely speculate about <laughs> what's going to happen or well, you know it's, uh, what the fall is going to look like, right? Yeah, very much so. Well, and uh, another big domino fell um, locally, and I want to start with the OPS decision to, to cancel fall sports. How is this going to affect what Nebraska's staff hope to do with guys in this 2021 class in particular, who are now going to miss their senior season? Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to make it interesting. I think as far as scholarship recruits go, um, you know, that may be, playing in maybe at an OPS school uh, that the staff wanted to, to take a little, little closer look at before offering a scholarship. You know, I, I think that, you know, for those types of players, um, it, you know, although I, I think it may be kind of a, a small group, um, I mean, this, this really hurts them. And, and I think that the, the NSAA may have to look at some sort of exemption, like a one-time transfer rule, um, you know, because as, as we all know, you know, they're, they're student athletes and the, the student part always comes first, but at the same time, um, to further along their education, there are a, a group of, of student athletes that, uh, the best way they will be able to do that is by, um, you know, getting and, and accepting an athletic scholarship. And when you take away their sports, um, and especially this fall with football, um, you know, before a signing day that's either going to take place in December or February, uh, it makes it extremely difficult to get a scholarship or or to to, to showcase your your ability. Um, and and so, you know, it's it's a difficult situation for those for those athletes that may be in that situation. And and um, you know, I'm not sure exactly how Nebraska is going to uh, to use to kind of proceed forward. Um, I, I do think that there are a number of underclassmen that they already have a pretty good feel about. Um, you know, they've already offered four in-state underclassmen before their, their junior seasons, And so, um, you know, I'm not super worried about the underclassmen, but the, the seniors, certainly it's a bad situation. Nate, what are the options for the student athletes in OPS? Jay Beller came out and uh, NSA executive director and reiterated yesterday that they weren't going to, be looking at a, a transfer waiver, at least when I asked him in the afternoon, and they're they're only looking at kind of changing up some of the schedules for the rest of the, the class A. What what are the options that these students have right now with that transfer rule being they've got to sit ninety days if they go somewhere else, otherwise they have to move entirely. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the best option uh for a lot of these athletes, which is not a very good one, is is to move entirely. Um, because I do think that there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding the season. And so if you, as a student athlete, 
um, are at an OPS school school right now and you want to play football this fall, um, you're going to have to transfer outside of, of the district and sit 90 days. And, and that's going to be a little bit of a roll of the dice right now. I mean, um, first of all, you're only talking about being able to possibly play in a couple games, especially if that team comes short of, of making the playoffs. Well, Nate, uh, not, not to cut you off, but it's 90 school days, not 90 days. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, for, for most of the schools, like I looked up what the calendar is for LPS, and that takes you to the start of second, second semester. semester. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're talking, um, you're talking missing, missing football completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And moving, I mean, moving districts, um, that is probably not an option for, I, I would say, I'd, I'd guess 90% <laughs> of the, the kids in OPS just for their whole family to, to pick up and move. Um, that's, that doesn't seem very feasible. So I, I feel like they have to, they have to look at, at some sort of way, um, to, to give these kids an option, uh, to, to play sports this fall. If that's what, if that's what they, if that's what they want to do. Um, but I, I mean, I get their hesitation because that would completely change the landscape of, of, uh, you know, sports in the Metro, uh, and, and you would have, <laughs> you would have some teams that would be able to, uh, you know, the competitive balance would, would be thrown out of whack, so to speak. Nate Klaus, Husker Online, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. All right, uh, transition back to uh, the Big Red. Uh, we last talked to you in early June, Nate, and, and since then, they had three commits in June, four more in July, including three of the current four Georgia commits, four-star receiver, three DBs. What positions is the program still honing in on as the season's about to get started? Well, yeah, right now I think it's probably defensive line and the tight end position. Uh, between those two spots, I mean, I think you're talking about probably five, at least five athletes and which would get them to about 19 in the class. And I don't think we're going to see a recruiting class this year go over 21, maybe 22 at the, at the most. So uh, between the defensive line and, and the tight end position, uh, in my opinion, those are the two biggest needs that are remaining. Uh, you know, and, and probably two defensive ends and maybe one nose tackle in, in that group. Uh, you know, and, and we all know as far as tight end goes that the number one target on the board is Thomas Fedoni. Mm-hmm. out of Council Bluffs, Lewis Central. Uh, we had, had the pleasure of being able to, to watch him compete in person uh, a few weeks ago at the Warren Academy Showcase in Omaha. Uh, and he's just an unbelievable prospect, uh, just a extremely talented individual and competitive kid, too. I mean, that, you, you, when you talk about somebody who is a top 100 overall prospect in the country, um, who's got 40-plus offers, doesn't need to – to go out and, and, you know, run a 40 yard dash or, or test his vertical jump and, and compete against other kids to really prove anything to anybody. Uh, yet he's out there doing that and competing and trying to get better and working harder than pretty much anybody at the camp. Um, I mean, those are the types of attributes, uh, aside from the athletic ability that coaches go crazy over. And that's what T- Thomas Fedoni has. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, there's a, another tight end in statewide, James Carney, out of Norris High School there in Firth. Uh, he was actually committed to, to Miami of Ohio, um, and he he really surprised me too at the at the Warren Academy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he were somebody in statewide that could either pick up an offer from Nebraska uh, sooner rather than later, or other Power Five schools. Uh, from what I saw, he is every bit of a Power Five tight end in state wise, uh, which, you know, that position as a whole in the region is, is, um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty talented. Um, but then moving on to the defensive line, I think, like I said, probably Nebraska needs to take three, um, they don't have any commits there currently. So, um, you know, on that, that side of the football is, is for sure the biggest need remaining. Nate, look, going back to Fedoni, we haven't spent an overly amount of time talking about him and, I think everyone th- looks at him as a that that's a target to go after um and he from those camp videos looks like he grabs everything that not just he can get his hands on but he can get his eyes on uh did he took an unofficial visit was that last weekend and had a few few commits all kind of 
basically make that their visit with him? Yeah. So, I mean, the interesting development there. Um, first of all, he has been able to, to grow and develop a very good relationship with a handful of Nebraska commitments, uh, including a couple kids in Iowa and Henry Litovsky, um, who's offensive line commit. Seth Malcolm is a linebacker commit who's really not too far away from uh, – um, from Thomas and Council Bluffs, uh, Seth lives in Tabor, Iowa, um, and then Teddy Prohaska at Elkhorn South. Those those three commits plus Thomas Fedoni uh, have a pretty good relationship. He Thomas went to Omaha to hang out with uh, with Teddy and those guys. They all got together. They ended up going to Lincoln to hang out with some um, some current players. And you know, right now with a recruiting dead period the way it is. The coaches cannot have a prospect on campus. They can't give them tours, can't have meetings with them. Um, you know, there's no contact allowed. But there's no rule that says that current commits can't take a recruit to campus um, and hang out with current players, and that's exactly what happened. And So I think if you're a Nebraska football coach or a fan of Nebraska football recruiting, you really have to feel pretty good about the fact that um, their top target is hanging out with the commits and current players and, and going to Lincoln to, uh, to do that. So uh, I think the Huskers are sitting in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, from talking with him, you know, LSU is certainly very much in the picture. Michigan, Notre Dame are two other programs that he says he would like to visit. But I'll tell you what, I think the longer this recruiting dead period goes, uh, and right now it's supposed to end at the end of August, but we haven't heard for sure if that's going to, going to happen or not. I, I feel like the longer this thing goes on, the, the better it might be for Nebraska in this in this instance. Finally, Nebraska gets to uh, benefit from a geographic advantage there because <laughs> usually that's against them. Hey, when when that dead period does lift, Nate, is it going to be up to individual schools to decide visits uh, and protocols? Is that conferences, uh, NCAA? Do you do we know anything about what what the guidance is going to look like? Well, yeah, I think it could look different across the board. Now, as far as the NCAA is concerned, it's it's kind of a blanket rule. It's either a dead period like it is right now, where there's no face-to-face contact uh, with coaches and recruits, um, whether it be on campus or off campus. Uh, but once that dead period is lifted, I think we could, we may see some schools still say, "Hey, look, um, we're not going to have, we're not going to allow uh, our coaches to leave campus to go visit recruits. We're not going to allow recruits to come visit our campus." Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still some schools that that have some sort of regulations that they put in place. Uh, but as far as the NCAA is concerned, it's it's a blanket rule. It's either um, essentially a red light on recruiting and visits uh, or a green light on, on recruiting visits. And so, um, you know, I, I think for everybody's sake, though, especially the recruits, uh, the, the sooner it gets back to being a green light to where this dead period is over with and they could take those visits, the better. Nate Klaus, Husker Online, joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour. Uh, Nate, we appreciate the knowledge. Uh, Have a good rest of the weekend. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Nate Klaus, recruiting analyst. Uh, It's it's interesting how the the discussion around OPS and what you know what what way they they may be able to get around that and still play somewhere. Um, Because I mean, very close by Mm -hmm. Omaha is Bellevue. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got the Papillion schools. Um, Gretna, like those are outside of OPS, and theoretically, hey, you've got the private school in the middle. Millard, as well, with, you got Westside prep. prep. Like there's there's definitely schools right there in the Omaha metro area that are not part of OPS, uh, and and I, it would it would kind of defeat the purpose in in terms of trying to stop the spread of the virus, uh, which is I think what the goal of the mm-hmm. OPS uh, mandates are, mm-hmm. but. You feel for those kids who aren't going to have, you know, a junior season, a senior season, a chance Absolutely. to break into the uh, to break into the depth chart. Like they're they're just there's no recourse at this point for them. No, and it's it. You also have to go, and there are a number of things that go more into it than just can I go to this other school. It's does that district allow you in? When you get yep. there, what is? I'm sure there's conversations with the uh, the athletic director and other administration and the head coach. And do you want to bring in some of these top athletes in the state? Probably, but also, what chemistry have you built with your team over the course of the 
the summer and the, the parts where you did get to work with them, um, how much of that is are you looking at putting winning first, maybe getting a championship first versus what you were building there yourself? There, There's a lot more into this than just can someone go play somewhere. The districts have to make would have to make a lot of those decisions anyway if a waiver was allowed or a given for some of these student-athletes to go to a different school. Yeah, plus you have the whole issue of, you know, getting signed up for classes. Teachers have already started to set their their rooms up for social distancing mm-hmm. as best they can. How are we going to jam more kids in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how later are you going to make that decision? It's, it's a tough deal, obviously. Um, but uh, that that's where OPS has uh, has come down right now. All right, next segment, we're going to dig into this schedule. Are we going to see the schedule? Yeah. Yes. We're not unveiling it, obviously, but we're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to break it down. Um, and a little bit later, we'll pick it. We'll tell you what Caleb and I think uh, will happen for Nebraska this new All-Big Ten 10-game season. That's all coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Our thanks to Nate Klaus joining us in our last segment. Uh, of course, if you missed that or anything else we ever talk about, you can always head over to the, pa- the podcast page at KLIN.com. The Facebook Live will be uh, available for replay for, I don't know, not all time, but for ever. a while. Yeah, forever. For- yeah, Ever. Uh, forever. At, uh, at KLIN Huskers. That's the same for Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can always find our stuff there. All right. Uh, the Big Ten schedule matrix. It dropped on Wednesday morning at, what, 730 you were Se- here. Seven forty-five. Yeah, you were here. Yeah, because also it was the day Jack Mitchell was gone. Of course, of course it was. He was so mad when he was texting <laughs> us too. He's like, "I want to come into work." We're like, "You already took this day off. Let us have this one." <laughs> um, so it, it it ends up dropping. Um, the the Big Ten releases a schedule at seven forty-five. Um, we hear from uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren at eight o'clock. Yep. All these times central for us as well, but yep. for some reason the Big Ten releases everything Eastern time. Um, in, yeah, as, as we're going through that, in Chicago, yeah, too. and then we uh, we talked with our, our friends up there at sixteen twenty the zone, John Bishop mm-hmm. at eight thirty five. We filled the, uh, the like the final hour and a half of LNK today with Jack and friends with this schedule when it came out, and I mean there's a lot to go through when when you look at the schedule. First and foremost is not everyone has that same first game. That, that they maybe had. Um, some games get flipped uh, home and away. Uh, there were three teams in the West, three teams in the East that had to have games rotate on who was the home team, who was the away team from an original schedule. Yep. And then everyone had to get a 10th game added. Yeah, and that 10th game was, was interesting. So the way that the schedule was set up before, you had the nine-game schedule, and so you had four at home, five away. Everybody in the East... This season was scheduled to have the five home games, and everybody in the West was scheduled to have just four. So all of the added games, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, et cetera, all of them added that game to their home slate, mm-hmm. uh, which is why all seven of those are at home. Uh, but the the teams that were added, obviously Nebraska added Michigan State, mm-hmm. uh, which is why if you are watching Facebook Live and you look over my shoulder, we'll see uh, the Mike Riley special, the 2015 <laughs> uh, Brandon Riley game. Um, you have... Uh, Iowa added Maryland, Wisconsin added Rutgers, Minnesota added Indiana, not exactly the murderer's row for for the contenders for the division, and uh, uh, Purdue added Ohio State, Mm -hmm. Illinois got Penn State, Mm -hmm. and Northwestern added Michigan. Uh, So those are are the teams that were added. For Nebraska, as far as the mechanics of their schedule, you have moving Rutgers to week one. It was Purdue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they're going to go out to Jersey to start the year, which is fun because Rutgers, of course, has 28 cases of coronavirus. Uh, But I think as we look at that, and we can, I'll mention this when we go through our picks, I think Rutgers might be one of the safest places to play in four weeks. That's also part of, you know, that's that's not a, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dig into that. I I agree. Um, The Purdue game, not only is it not, the home opener anymore. It's not a home game at all. Mm-hmm. This is one of the two that flipped for Nebraska. Purdue is now on the road, and instead of playing Wisconsin up in Madison, that game is now in Lincoln. So the Huskers get Madison or get Madison get Wisconsin here in Lincoln two straight seasons. And well, the uh, the other part of that three way as we go through there is that Wisconsin was set to go to Purdue yep. and now host Purdue. So yeah. there, there was the, the little idiosyncrasies that had to get changed yeah. uh, to make the home and away things work, even within the division. Yeah, and, and still still on the Big Ten part of it, 
One thing that they did, uh, and I don't know if this was publicly announced or, or written about or, or if it was just kind of news, news observations, but they moved the the rivalry games up to not the first week of the year, uh, but it's certainly not towards the end of the season like you typically see with Nebraska mm-hmm. and Iowa, with Michigan and Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Those games are in basically the middle of the schedule now. So as to avoid having them push back mm-hmm. by, you know, still still in, in increasing cases or, you know, the stuff that we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. um, or if something has to get shut down altogether, you don't lose weeks 9 and 10 out of the schedule uh, or 12 and 13 or whatever they would be. Uh, you don't lose them altogether. So they have them kind of strategically placed in the middle of yep. the season you have multiple to maximize chances. the chance to get those games played at the very least. So as we look at it for Nebraska... What are the? It's basically your Wisconsin, your Iowa's, your Minnesotas. That yep. that's why those games are three, four, and five for Nebraska right now. Yep. Um. Think about Michigan, Ohio State. Well, that game is in October. Yeah. You you, you look through the conference and what are these rivalry games going to be? There's at least a bye week, mm-hmm. and then there's Thanksgiving weekend. And right now, tentatively scheduled is the Big Ten championship for December fifth. That could get moved back as far as the nineteenth. Yep. So if you look at Weeks that Nebraska could make up games. You've got the bye weeks of October seventeenth, November seventh. Week seven for Nebraska. Yep. Week and seven week and then week ten. Yep. And then what would be week thirteen, Thanksgiving weekend. That's open for everybody right now. And then the possibility of things have to get moved back December fifth and December twelfth. Yep. Now when we talk about that and the fact that things could get pushed back. Imagine if Nebraska has a home game and it gets pushed back, and the only time that they can play it is on those December dates. And Nebraska on December 12th is hosting... Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Is, For a chance to win the West. Is hosting somebody. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter who who the game is against, but it's December 12th. And at that point, the health department in Lincoln-Lancaster County is into Phase 4. Yeah. And you can have... 60,000 have been approved in Memorial Stadium. Oh, boy. And it is frigid. I will be there. I like, I like this <laughs> scenario that, that you're building here. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's another uh, interesting point because some of the, some of the attendance deals uh, that have been announced for some schools, it's, it's basically been stated as, like, this is going to be our policy for the whole season, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't know that anybody across any of Power 5 at all, has decided to say, hey, for the September games, this is what we're doing. We're going to reserve the right to change things for October or November or maybe even December as conditions warrant. I don't know that I've seen anybody do that, but your scenario there... I thought Wisconsin said that. Wisconsin did say that? Maybe Wisconsin... Gosh, now I feel bad that I didn't write that down, but I think it was maybe Wisconsin said they're going to go with... No fans for the first two games are limited, yeah. um, but they're going to look at the possibility of changing it down the road. Yeah. So that would be, if it is Wisconsin, and I apologize if it's not, those two games for them are in September, mm-hmm. and that would be why. Then you get into October, and they look at, can we change things going forward? So I, I think we've heard, I've heard at least one. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is a good point, because most of the decisions being made are, this is what we're doing for the season. Yeah, and and we'll talk a little bit more about this. How Nebraska sent a, a note out to season ticket holders, um, what their budget shortfall is going to look like. My favorite part, though, of the way the Big Ten set the schedule up for Nebraska, um, there's a guy who Nebraska just can't quit, and they've played him two years in a row, and just couldn't find a way to to let him go and not play him a third season in a row. Uh, Mr. Mel Tucker coached Colorado for a couple seasons. <laughs> now he's at Michigan State. Uh, of course, that's the tenth game that Nebraska got added to the schedule because Mel Tucker just can't get enough of the Cornhuskers. Well, I think when the Big Ten was going through and look, and I'm going to be a little sarcastic here. I think when the Big Ten was going through and looking at, all right, we've got to add some games. It's got to be a home game. Nah, we can't throw a cupcake to go to Lincoln again. Well, I, I do appreciate the Big Ten's um, dogged uh, determination to avoid Michigan and Nebraska playing ever again. Because remember, the Legends leaders, Michigan and Nebraska, were in the same division. Yes. And that was who I thought would become Nebraska's biggest rival in the conference. Uh, lo and behold, they switched things up. Wisconsin comes back over, uh, and, and Iowa stayed the whole time. But mm-hmm. uh, 
Michigan, I think Nebraska's played once since it went back since it went to East West. Uh, so I, I'm glad that that tradition of not playing the Wolverines continues. Yeah, Nebraska never plays Michigan and never plays Indiana. Like, yeah, the the first time they played Indiana was in 2016, and that was their sixth year in the conference, mm-hmm. which makes ton mm-hmm. of sense. Yeah, but hey, that's a tough job, I'm sure. Michigan or Michigan Big Ten schedule makers, they're not you know they're not just just goofing off all day that's there's a lot of nuts and bolts that go into it so i can i can i can feel for them a little bit but it's just mystifying to me how those things happen to nebraska we are going to get our picks coming up after the break and we just went through the big 10 football schedule we've got our first fbs conference that is canceled oh we got some football we got some saturday morning breaking news here here in the uh the last half hour we'll We'll let you know that. Oh, my. Give you our picks as well throughout the season. Is Nebraska going to go 500? Are they going to go 10-0? and 0? No. Uh, not 10-0, and 0, but we do have picks. There are a couple losses in there at, at the very least. Uh, <laughs> all that and more coming up. This is KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Breaking news on a Saturday morning. That's right. You can't news dump this show, folks. (laughs) There is an FBS conference that has canceled the fall season. Yeah, uh, Brett McMurphy from uh, Stadium reporting that the Mid-American, that is the MAC, canceling fall football because of uh, COVID-related player health and safety concerns. They are, they did take a giant hit when you think about the number of teams in the MAC that play Power five schools, particularly yeah. play schools within the Big Ten. Central Michigan was on the schedule for Nebraska. That uh, that financial before. hit. Um, they're going to try. So as I as I'm reading through some of this, it's I guess not entirely canceled. Possibility of just being postponed uh, to try and play in the spring. Oh, okay. And I think if there's a conference that can play spring football, it is the MAC. They played enough Tuesday games that's like playing in the spring anyway. They could go own that a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we've got our first one, our, our FBS conference, that has been canceled for this fall. Man. We'll, we'll, we'll see if others decide to do that. Yeah, so you have you have UConn was the first FBS school, school earlier this week. They decided to cancel the season. They were independent, and now you have an entire conference. Uh, oh, boy, that's a big domino. So um, we'll see what happens next Saturday. There's always something. Yeah, there, there's going to be something coming. Well, and we'll like we said, we'll have the NCAA Division One uh, Council and their votes. What that what happens on uh, this week? Does that end up going into the decision making for FBS? Yeah. Eh. Who knows? All right. You want to talk more fun stuff? You ready to have some fun? Yes. All right. Listen to this. <laughs> That's that's just fantastic to listen to, isn't it? All right, college game day style. Caleb and I are going to go through and do all of the Nebraska schedule game by game. We're going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Is this like the way too early projections? We've had the schedule for three days, folks. That's right. We're ready to make some picks. Who, who goes first here? Is it is it me or me? Ken, is, Kenny, is there is there a way we got to do this? Is it either one? Either one. Kenny's ha- he's good with whatever. All right, we're, we're down. All right, uh, I'll let you go first. So you're the, you're the father-to-be soon. Let's, the first one yeah. we've got, thank you for bringing in that gift, by the way. You're welcome. September 5th, Nebraska at Rutgers. Yes. Although there were 28 confirmed cases as of Monday night by NJ.com, I think in four weeks Rutgers will be fine for the Huskers to go out to New Jersey. I don't know that Rutgers is going to get very many practices in. I don't think it was going to matter anyway. Nebraska starts out 1-0. I agree. I think the Huskers take down the Scarlet Knights. Uh, the only question there is, will Noah Vedral see some playing time? Is he? Is he? Has he had his uh, automatic uh, waiver approved? I thought he was been approved. He has? Okay. Because literally every other transfer quarterback I've seen the last like five <laughs> years, except for Noah Vedral, has had that happen. And I'm sure he would be the one to have not have it to him twice. Exactly. All right. So that's the first game. Second game is against Illinois. At home, the home opener for the Huskers. Uh, I'll take this one uh, first. Nebraska gets to 2-0 and with the win over the Illini in a near-empty Memorial Stadium for the first time since the early 60s, the way the, the, the stadium will look. But it won't count. 
towards a sellout streak. You can't count this towards a sellout streak, people. Hey, if there's five tickets to sell and they get sold, that's a <laughs> sellout. As much as I love Lovey Smith from his Chicago Bears days, wish he was still there and we wouldn't have traded up to get Mitch Trubitsky. Mm. They, uh, Illinois is not coming in and taking one away from Nebraska Memorial Stadium. 2-0 start for the Huskers. All right. Wisconsin. This is one of the games that flipped from road to home. Huskers get the Badgers in Lincoln. I'm still going to take the Badgers. That's just a, a, a program, a problem that uh, Scott Frost is not going to solve this year. I think the Huskers fall to 2-1. and one. Although the Badgers don't have a running back with a consistent history of 200 yards against Nebraska. It won't matter. They've got a stable of dudes, and it seems like as soon as one graduates or goes away, there's another just waiting in the wings. Nebraska is getting bigger. We're seeing all those videos from Duvall. I don't think they're Wisconsin bigger quite yet. Uh, the Badgers hand Nebraska their first loss. At Iowa, game four. This one, look, the, the both of these two games under Frost have been field goal games. I think the Huskers are pretty close. But I'm going to say the Huskers come up short yet again. Another field goal loss to the Hawkeyes. Uh, Nebraska falls to 2-2 two and two in my book. Field goal loss. Now, what, is, what does Iowa have? What kind of offseason turmoil has there been in Iowa City? What is that going to do going into the season as well? I think Nebraska has, has pulled together. We've seen a lot more team unity, at least on social media, yep. from Nebraska. I think that's going to carry over to the season. And not only is that going to carry over, but Nebraska's getting Iowa not in November. Sometimes Iowa takes a little bit to warm up into their season. They'll have close games early on, and then they get to Nebraska, and they're kind of rolling late, and they're actually playing for something like a division championship in November. Been a while since Nebraska's been doing that. Yep. Nebraska getting Iowa early. Good for Nebraska. Nebraska goes to 3-1. and one. Ooh, okay, 3-1. and one. I'll let you keep going then. What happens uh, with Nebraska taking on the Golden Gophers in Lincoln Week 5? Back at home on October 3rd, I think there's going to be well, you got to look at what Minnesota lost, although they were great last year. They're bringing back their quarterback, but they lose the Big Ten receiver of the year in Rashad Bateman. Is anyone else from that team going to opt out by the time we get to October? I don't know, but I do know Nebraska has a big advantage by bringing all of their team back. Nebraska gets the win there as well. Four and one start for Nebraska. Wow. Win over the Gophers. My goodness. Uh, I'm going to take Nebraska as well, but that gets them to three and two. Uh, I, I do like the fact that the Huskers won't have to go up against Rashad Bateman, and they do get Minnesota uh, relatively early. Look, injuries have played a big part, I think, in Nebraska's first two seasons under Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have J.D. play Iowa his first two times, uh, and then uh, Wandale didn't really play against Iowa last year. So uh, hopefully earlier on in the season, injuries won't be as much of a factor. I think Nebraska gets a win over Minnesota. Week 6 at Ohio State. No. Buckeyes are going to win that one. <laughs> Do do we need to spend like a lot of time Probably on not. this one going up to Columbus? Unless like Justin Fields and their entire team opts out of the season, it's going to be very hard to go get that win. And they're really the only other team I've seen like that's been outwardly united on social media. You had Tough Borland write up a big thing. Um, they they are, they have retweeted. Uh, they're ready to play too. Um, at least uh, publicly, they they seem to be. Uh, week seven, I think well, Nebraska uh, gets the bye. Well, just in case I didn't say it, yeah, Kenny, oh, yeah. it's uh, we're going, we're we're sweeping Ohio State for for the graphics on Facebook Live. Oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, week seven is a bye. The Huskers are going to win that one. Uh, Northwestern, that's a trip out to Evanston, where for the first time in a while, you won't see that town painted red. Uh, but I think Nebraska still gets the victory anyway. Uh, the Huskers will move, in my book, up to 4-3 and three with that victory over the Wildcats. Yep, no, I, I don't think Nebraska's going to have a problem there. There's going to be, all, all jokes aside, about the same number of fans that Northwestern would have had there anyway because Nebraska has gone and just packed that place entirely. What am I up to? 5-2? and two? Nebraska's getting the win over the Wildcats. 5-2. Uh, Penn State, who do you have there? Looking at that game, that's although they're losing Micah Parsons, he's opted out. Penn State, I still think, is the only team in the Big Ten that's going to give. Ohio, they're the team that Ohio State has to contend with in the East. I think that that is going to decide what the East is. And when you look at what Nebraska is coming out of the West, Penn State's not Ohio State, but Nebraska doesn't look to be to that level. Uh, that that's a loss to the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I I think this one's closer than uh, closer than the experts think. Huh? 
Uh, I don't think Nebraska gets the win, but I think they're playing this one a little bit closer than they did uh, three weeks prior against the Buckeyes. Uh, close win for Penn State, but the Huskers look good uh, in the loss. That drops them to 4-4 four and four for me. 5-3 Another... and three for myself, and you go yep. through the last bye week. Yep. One more road game was the season opener. Pushed on the road. Pushed it later into the season. Purdue without Rondale Moore. What is that going to look like once we get into November? I think it's going to look like a Nebraska win over the Boilermakers. They got them between buys last week. They'll get them late in the year, or last year, get them late in the year this season. Nebraska, at least according to me right now, 6-3 and three wow. through Week 11. Yeah, I, I don't have Nebraska beating Purdue. I like uh, Jeff Brom's team to get it done uh, against the Huskers. It's, it's just going to be one of those maddening games, I think, where nothing seems to go right for Nebraska, and it's going to drop them under 500. Uh, according to my schedule, for the first time all year. And that will set up the 500, maybe not a bowl game, depending on what the heck's going on in November, and hopefully all these games happen. Um, But a chance to get to 500 uh, with Michigan State. And I think at the end of that year, everybody comes together to finally beat Mel Tucker. (laughs) <laughs> the third time's the charm. Nebraska gets to 5-5 five and five with a win over the Spartans right before Thanksgiving. Season finale, home finale. What phase of the DHM are we going to be in by the time we get to November? Is it going to be, as Bill Moose says, a particularly full Memorial Stadium? Are we going to have 80,000, 90,000 strong? You could put 10 people there. Nebraska over Michigan State. 7-3 and three is what I've got for the season. Wow, I got I got I went five and five. I'm going to be conservative, but seven and three. Look, the first two seasons, everybody knows four and eight, five and seven overall. Both of those years were three and six mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Uh, for Nebraska to get to five and five, I think would be an accomplishment. You go to seven and three, that would be huge, huge step forward for the program if they could pull that off. I think five hundred is a great great way to to start. Or you you look for going five hundred with this ten ten game conference only schedule. I'm just looking at this saying there's there's some awful darn winnable games, and now could Nebraska maybe jump and get a win over Wisconsin at home? Maybe. Could they beat Penn State? I think having them at home, again, home games are the ones that you look that you might be able to steal, and I have Nebraska losing two of those home games. Yeah. Does Nebraska go 9-1? and one? I don't think so, but I think they're going to be not just 500, but over 500 here in the 2020 season. We shall see, and and like I said, the one rule for 2020, people. This Get is them your in. One rule. Get them in. If the game is played, it's a success. Celebrate the fact that football will actually have happened. It's hey, a win would be great. Just be happy it actually happened. That's all I'm saying. All right, <laughs> wrapping up the show next. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. All right, that was fun. Real football. It's an actual schedule to go through. Games that we just picked. Hopefully they happen. Just be glad that games happen if they happen. If you need a refresher, I picked Nebraska to go 10-0. Cole picked Nebraska to go 0-10. And we can all agree that it's going to be somewhere between that. Yes. Very simply. <laughs> um, so we didn't hit on this. The the options that season ticket holders are going to have for 2020. Bill Moose has come out and said, hey, we're considering options all the way up to full capacity. I don't think that's going to happen. No. As, he's, as uh, the athletic department stated, season ticket holders, uh, they have a chance to get a full refund on their 2020 season tickets. They can roll it over to a 2021 season ticket, or they can simply donate their uh, season ticket payment to the day-by-day fund that will help kind of mm-hmm. uh, alleviate the 40 to $100 million budget shortfall that they're projecting. It's August 8th. How many fans are going to be at the home opener? 20,000. I say 40,000. Oh. You doubled up on, on wins and attendance. Someone's got to. Yeah, that's fair. We shall see the one rule, be happy if football happens. We're four weeks away from Nebraska at Rutgers. Wear a mask and go Big Red.